All right, all right, all right. We got Sam back in the studio, hanging out with Tori and I, answering some questions, doing the thing. Really excited to get things back rolling with just a little in-house podcast today. So enjoy, have fun listening, and we'll see you next time. Later. Yeah. Welcome back to another episode of the Prime Podcast, where we do everything and find information to help you find your prime. So today in the studio, we got Tori. Say hi, Tori. Hello. Hello. That was very soft. I know. And we also have Sam today. Sam is joining us after a hiatus. Hello. We missed you guys. We uh, locked her down, made her have to kind of sit down here. She's actually bolted to the the desk, so she has to sit here for an hour or so. And we're going to jump right in because a a couple of episodes ago, uh, Sam was unable to make it. And we actually had a topic that we were trying to get Sam's opinion on. So we're going to reel it back to like three or four episodes ago where the topic of conversation was strong women, essentially. Women being strong, women having muscles, all these sorts of things. And Tori, while Tori is an advocate for this type of thing. She might be 120 pounds soaking wet. I'm not physically strong. Not physically strong, but very mentally strong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Sam is very physically strong as well as mentally strong. I'm not going to say she's not mentally strong. <laughs> not mentally <laughs> she's strong. not mentally strong, only physically strong. So together, I, t- I sent Tori a, uh, a gift the other day of Voltron coming together. So if they were Voltron, they could come together. Perfect. If you know what Voltron is. You know I what do Voltron now. is? The, like, superhero, right? Uh, You don't know what Voltron is. You know what Power Rangers are? Yeah. He looked like a Transformer. It's the same concept. It's the same concept. So they all... evil? No, Voltron is... Voltron... You know when all the Power Rangers come together and they create, like, the big super robot thing? Yeah. That's essentially, like, a modern-day Voltron. Okay. So they were, you know, like, they had these different five things and they came together and made Voltron. Okay. When their powers combined, they make Voltron. So, like, when your powers combine... I don't like cartoons. Oh my God, you guys don't get the, no references here. All right. Either way, the topic of conversation was Sam being strong and and what is it like? And then Sam and I have this conversation quite frequently, honestly, just while we're chatting and lifting and doing certain things about people's perceptions and people's opinions, I guess, on how she looks (laughs) and different things. We actually just had one off air, how a woman told her that, she should be careful of lifting too much because she'll never be able to have children. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of off a woman just out of nowhere, pulled her to the side and, and said this to her while she was working at while, I was bartending. while she was bartending, no less. So very, you know, people are, have very strong opinions on this and it's very interesting to hear from that perspective. Cause I personally, you know, I own a gym and I've worked with a lot of female athletes throughout my life and, and being strong and capable and doing our just part of that's a norm for me. So going out into like public perception, the general population and what they think and how they interact and talk to people like that is always very intriguing to me. So Sam, let's, how am I going to phrase this as a question? Uh, I guess, how does it make you feel when someone approaches you with a thing like that? Or like we, we were talking earlier, Sam said that her, her sister approaches her like you know kind of jokingly like sam i want to be able to feel your muscles because my boyfriend doesn't have any (laughs) so like how does that make you feel when people might approach you or say things like that like you may not be able to have children uh, i need to you know you're too big or this that and the other thing yeah the children thing like caught me totally off guard because i've never heard that before and i don't know if it was like I mentioned earlier, like an estrogen thing or like where that was coming from, but it never once crossed my mind. And I do hope to have children one day, but as for getting approached by anyone, say like complimenting my muscles or asking about it or asking if I worked out at first, um, I would, I would take offense to it. And I, I didn't know 
how to respond to it. And even my mom has said things to me about it and it, and having like a family member, um, especially when I first started working out, say like, oh, you're going to get too big. You're going to look manly. And then as I progress and I, I still do it and I lift a lot of weights every day and I, I like how I look. And if someone doesn't like it, then it's their opinion. I'm, I'm confident with, with how I look now and maybe before I wasn't. So I think that affects what people say to me as well and how I respond to it. Now, do you feel like you had mentioned that you get compliments and you also get some negative stuff? Would you, if there's, if there's a percentage you could put on it, is there, do you get more compliments or more like negative vibes about it? I don't get negative vibes right now no. as much as I, I, I think before my style of working out has changed right? and maybe I'm lean, more lean now, but before I think I, I would get like, you're, you look big like you you put on a lot of muscle mm-hmm. but now i i get asked am i cutting or something like that oh, and the, i never the old bulking and cutting <laughs> no, phrase yeah. oh, i hate that um, phrase so much. but no i i just want to look good all the time yeah really, one of my, and feel good one of my high school students one of your athletes asked me what, what is it what why do people bulk and cut what does that mean i don't want to bulk <laughs> it's, like, it's 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 nothing it's stupid it's meaningless um sorry bodybuilders but stupid why do they do it huh why do they do it though because they think like to bulk. them well, the, the idea is that you're going to bulk and get, you're in a surplus. So you're trying to put on mass essentially, mm-hmm. but it's like apples and oranges. And then you're going to cut and only the fat's going to go away, but the muscle's going to stay. But they're apples and oranges. It's not really how things work necessarily. Like muscles and fat, like your fat doesn't turn into muscle. So like if I get 20 pounds, like I'm not going to turn all that fat into muscle. I'm going to lose all the fat potentially. And my muscles probably going to go too, mm-hmm. because as we learned with EC, like you have to do certain things and you, it's very hard for people to lose just body fat and maintain muscle mass or even gain muscle mass while they're losing. So if you're cutting, you're cutting calories. So a lot of times you also lose muscle mass in the process. Like if I were to quote unquote cut, <laughs> there would be, it'd be impossible for me to maintain my muscle mass because I don't have, there would be nothing for me to cut. Does that make sense? Like I don't have a lot of body fat on me to cut away from. So I would, there would only, the only thing I'd be able to cut away would be the fat that I have or the muscle that I have. You're like competition ready every day. I don't know about that. (laughs) I mean, I could be competition ready in a short period of time, but I'm definitely not competition ready every day, but thank you. I appreciate that. So there was something that I, I did want to go back history wise with Sam as a, as I was thinking about this topic and revisiting it in the podcast when you were, because a lot of people have this idea and we talked about it with Susan Niebergall about how women can't get big naturally. Like if Tori were to lift, it'd be very hard for Tori to look like Sam and maybe we'll put a side by side picture of them. In the show notes or something to compare what they look like because they're very different body types. Sam, so I guess that Tori might weigh 120 pounds soaking wet and Sam probably weighs 155 to 160 pounds. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's much different. And we have, we have athletes that talk about this. I don't want to get big women who talk about when it comes to the gym, I don't want to get bulky, blah, 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 blah. And then Susan Ebergall was like, you can't get bulky. Right. Mm -hmm. But when you were younger, you were always a, a bigger athlete. Yeah. Right. Like you were never like a twig. I've been type called, of called like big boned. Yeah. A few times. When you were younger or recently. When I was younger. When yeah. I was really young, I was like. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. You nah. were always thick with a couple of C's. Nah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. When I was younger, I was I looked like kind of like Nelly. I was tall. I was skinnier. I had like abs. Mm-hmm. I was. I had like muscles. And then as I just got older, I just got more big boned, I guess, as they would say. You just got thicker. Thicker. And then once I started working out, I developed more muscle. But but we've talked about this in the past. You didn't start working out until you were in college. Yeah. So I don't know if I ever seen a picture of you in high school. Were you, were you bigger in high school? I've always had like bigger legs, but my upper body, I, I can show you like a soccer picture. I had had like no muscle upper body. Yeah, it was all just like legs from soccer, and then yeah, that's about it. Soccer no. girl legs is a real thing. I think it is. Yeah. No, you the comparison wise legs now, yes, maybe more defined, more whatever, mm-hmm. but size wise, were they similar now than they were before? Do you think so? Yeah, probably. About, 
So, so and more you, muscular. Like I have still pants from a while ago that I, like if I put them on now, they would fit. They just fit differently. Right. So you were always, like I said, you were always a bigger girl. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And that's why I think people get confused and they, they may look at Sam because Sam, one a while ago, she's been, how, how long have you been working with Becca? Uh, yeah, like four months, months, four, six months months now. So uh, a woman came into the gym maybe six months ago and she specifically said that she did not want to be bulky and that she specifically wanted to work with a female trainer. And, and I had to chuckle in my head. I was like, cause the only female trainer that we have at the time that's doing personal training is like a really big, strong female. That's Sam. And she calls you beastly or something. Beastie. Beastie. And she calls her beastie. Right. Obviously, you know, different goals have different things, but Sam doesn't look, she's not a, I don't know how to, how to describe it, but she's not super lean in terms like twig fashion model type body. She's a strong athletic body. And I think people get confused because they automatically assume that if I exercise, I'm going to look like that. And I don't necessarily want to look like that. I want to look like this and this, and, you know, people always have these kind of ideas in their head or these perceptions in their head, of what they want to look like, like that woman in particular had another athlete at our gym idea of what she wanted to look like. Remember? Yes. Right. And she wanted to, she's an older woman and she wanted to look like an 18 year old girl who comes to the mm-hmm. gym, you know, 19 year old girl. <clears throat> and while that's, great, you know, to have a goal and to have these ideas of what you want to look like. Some of those things aren't always the most realistic based off of your body type and based off of your history and based off these sorts of things. So as I said, Sam was already a little bit bigger, right? Now me personally, I, we were, we were, I was talking about this. I think we were talking about it the other day as our part of this conversation. I've been the same weight and I've been about the same size for the last like six to eight years. And I've been exercising and weight training the whole time. I'm not like auto. I'm not just like, I don't keep getting bigger. You know, I'm not going to blow up eventually and be this enormous human being. Like you get to a point where the, all the, the muscle you have on your body is the muscle you have on your body. Yes. I may be able to fluctuate a pound or two or three here, but I'm not going to be able to get huge unless I told Tori, I think I said it to you or Sam, unless I start taking steroids or doing some yes, other we were talking about performance it. enhancing <laughs> things where it might actually change the physiological makeup of my body. But if I'm just doing like basic weight training and eating and doing all that kind of stuff, I'm not going to blow up and get bigger. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be the same person I generally am now. I mean, I'm, I'm going to be 38 years old this year. I mean, I'm, there's no point of, there's not really a, a, a situation where I can see myself getting bigger. Mm-hmm. So I think just getting that out there that, like I said before, like if Tori were to start lifting weights, yes, your muscles might get more defined. Yes. She might gain five or so pounds of muscle. And for 120 pounds, that's a lot of weight Yeah, on a body structure, but that'll be the limit. And she'll have those muscles and then she'll have a certain look to her, but it's not going to, she's not going to be able to get, you guys are about the same height, aren't you? She might be a little taller. I'm taller. Yeah, she's taller. I'm 5'3". Yeah, so she's 5'3". So if a comparison would be like, Tori would have to gain, she'd have to be like 5'3", like 145 pounds to be like a similar size of Sam. And that's a lot of weight for her to put on. Is that realistic? I mean, I don't, I, I don't think that that's real, really, really realistic. And she would look a certain way and she may not look muscular or athletic in that, in that 145 pounds mm-hmm. uh, body. So I think that just getting that point across even more and to reiterate again, that our bodies are generally made up how they're going to be. And we can change them slightly with weight training but really how, you know, to go back to EC's point, like our calories affect our weight, our macros affect our body composition. So what do I mean? So how many calories you eat in a day affects your overall weight. So let's say if you are trying to, you know, your, your BMR, your baseline is 2000 calories and I'm eating 1800, I'm going to lose a little bit of weight. I'm going to go down in weight. And my makeup of macros, like how many carbs and fats do I eat and how many, how much protein do I eat? That's going to affect if I have body fat or if I have muscle mass. So if I have a high carb and fat diet, then I'm probably going to have some more body fat versus a lower carb and fat diet with a higher protein diet. So the, the breakdown of macros then affects how that 
body composition, how much muscle mass, how much body fat, so on and so forth that I have made up in my body. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. What about you, Tor? It does. Okay. <laughs> so Tori, I'd like to talk about nutrition and fitness with you a little bit. Also really quick, right. like back to the, like how Tori and I are different. Like when I was, I think in seventh grade, I weighed 140. And like that was when I was done hitting puberty. So I was already that. That's what I said. You were already a bigger girl. Exactly. And I think a lot of it too, it's hereditary. Yeah. Like my mom has bigger athletic legs as well and she doesn't do anything. Right. My father, tall, athletic, could have went pro in baseball. So it's all has to do with that as well. Yeah. Genetics play a role for Mm -hmm. sure. I think the most I've ever weighed is like. 130 if not close to it Mm -hmm. i lost like 10 pounds during quarantine which is like the reverse of everybody else but Mm -hmm. yeah so you played sports in high school Mm -hmm. basketball and golf what you played basketball Mm -hmm. you never see see with the basketball sometimes yeah so go through uh kind of your athletic background a little bit for me and kind of go through like what what interest you had in basketball and kind of how your body felt and what you were able to do and so on and so forth the interest I had in sports came from my dad. Those were the two. I played softball for a little bit too, but I didn't like it because they had me pay, be a pitcher and I wanted to pitch like a boy because I couldn't do the whole wind up thing. Oh. So I didn't pitch do like it. a boy. And what I, does that mean? Well, pitch like how they let you pitch in baseball. Oh, overhand. overhand. You wanted to throw overhand. Yeah. That's the only way I could do it. And they let me do it for a little while. Softball's anyway. boring anyway. Yeah. I tried shortstop. I was a really, really selfish shortstop. So how can you be a selfish shortstop? I would never throw the ball. You'd run to the base. If I had the ball, I was running. <laughs> oh, okay. Interesting. If it was third or second, <laughs> no I was going to no. your teammate. I started playing, playing quote unquote golf when I was four. I played in like leagues at Valley View up until probably like 15. Um, and then I just started doing it leisurely, but I played basketball starting at the end of elementary school because it was just one of those things we would always go out back and play. Like me and my dad, we have like a half court. So we would do that all the time. I played in elementary school and then into the middle school. And then I think my first year of high school, I just got frustrated because my knees were always hurting and nothing I was doing was helping it. What were you doing? Uh, I went to physical therapy, didn't help. The best part of it was getting iced at the end. Any like home exercises they were having me doing wasn't helping either. And then I got into running and then I got into shin splints and I got into, shin splints. I got into, them. <laughs> I got really into them and I went to multiple doctors for that. I went to physical therapy for that too. Nothing helped. And I guess I just got stubborn and I didn't like at the time, like places like this weren't popular mm. they're still mm. not popular yeah to no. like think this that this was like an outlet yeah so why wouldn't? never did it cross your mind that like you might need to get stronger no like when you went to physical therapy were they ever like hey you might try you should probably do some weight training or strength training no i would go and they would have me like ride the bike and do some like banded exercises and then they would like ice me for like 15 minutes till it was numb And then I would go home and I mean, I had no, my parents are not athletic. I mean, my dad really was, but he has so many injuries and he didn't want to take care of them. So the answer in my household was always ice it and take two Advil and you'll be fine. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have any idea of the other thing. Of like strength training. Now, do you know of any girls that were on your team or kids at school at the time that were doing any sort of strength training? No. I mean, I think I was, I didn't really like in high school, I really didn't touch it till the first first year. So like, again, that stuff wasn't popular. If people were just good, they were good by quote unquote luck at the time. Yeah. And, and were other athletes on the team have similar ailments or issues that you were talked about like knees or ankles or hips or chins or. No, I had a few friends that had back issues, but none that ever seemed similar. Yeah. I mean, I don't, my shin splints kind of just went away. I don't know. Like I went to doctor after doctor and there was no answer. Did you stop running? No. Hmm. Like it was like my shin would even hurt just when I wasn't running. Like when it was cold, it would really hurt. Maybe you had a stress fracture. The doctor would look at me like I was crazy. 
So I stopped racking up my insurance bill on her behalf. How about you? But in high school, did you know have any teammates or anyone that you knew who were do, was doing strength training? No. No. We did. <clears throat> we had a weight room. We didn't do if anything. Only the football pre-season, players used it. Only the football players used it. We went in there maybe like for gym class. We would have like a couple week session, and we'd go to the weight room. But and the we girls wouldn't. Would do what? There would be. Calf raises. Calf raises. <laughs> I don't know. I want to look I good in my heels. Calf, I remember the calf raises. Um, honestly, it was any kind of machine. Mm-hmm. We didn't have like a Smith machine, but we had one like dumbbell or like a bench fly machine. Other than that, like extensions, like basic really stuff. Really basic like machine yeah. work. Yeah. And it was set up like a circuit. You'd spend a couple minutes on there and then you'd go to the next thing. Yeah. And then, um, other than that, in the off, like in this summer before our season would start for soccer, we would have Saturday mornings, we would get together, do the stairs right at Whitesboro, and then we would go for like a run and do some like just running work, not even like yeah, agility. I, just, I actually or, had this conversation with with uh, one of my personal training clients this morning who was coming off ACL injury mm-hmm. and was talking about how she was training by herself <clears> last <throat> summer before she had this recent ACL injury. And she's like, I think I was just overdoing it. I think I was just running a lot and I wasn't doing any strength training. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a common misconception that athletes, and this is one of the things that I'm trying to change the the narrative for on my, you know, like if you guys have paid, been paying attention to any of my social media stuff, like I've kind of rebranded my own personal social media stuff to be under Anthony Mercurio performance because one of my history and the things that I've done prior to opening CrossFit Utica and Prime Movement Performance was that I was a physical education teacher in New York City. I coached football and I coached girls track and field for 10 years. And in that time, we did strength training with all of those athletes. We had, I taught fitness class, my physical education classes that I taught were all fitness-based. Um, we created a weight room out of an old shop in the school. Like I built it out myself, put it in the floor, put in the racks, taught all fitness classes with predominantly girls and they all loved it. And my female athletes who I had at the time, still some of them I talked to say that doing all that stuff was the best thing for them. When they went to college and played sports, they were, they were ahead of the game. So I, every athlete I've ever worked with has said that to me. After the fact. So one of the things, and this was, we were talking a long time ago before the kind of like weight training and all this kind of stuff was, is popular now, even though it's still not popular. And one of the things that was kind of discouraging is that there was a time when I was coaching girls track and field in, in Brooklyn and we were using the weight room, which we ended up getting banned from the weight room that year because it was the, f- the football coach and I didn't, he didn't like me. So he told the athletic director that we had did something that we, we didn't do. So we got banned from the weight room and they stated the athletic director at the time, who was a woman who it blows my mind stated that the foot, that the weight room was the football, only the f- use for the football team. only. I was like, all right, bet. So uh, this is probably 2010, maybe. And I bought resistance bands. There was only one place who sold resistance bands, like the, the looped ones mm. that we have now. And it was very hard to get them. So we used to go into the field and use those resistance bands. And we would squat with them. We would deadlift with them. We would do band, we would do everything with those bands. That's all we did in the, in the whatever. And on that team, I had, I was just telling someone this morning, I probably had between eight and 12 division one athletes that came from that team. And the woman out of spite, wouldn't let us use the weight room because it wasn't for girls. And we're still dealing with these things now. And I had this conversation with a coworker yesterday. I was like, for some reason, I don't know why, but then I, I, I meant to, we, Tori and I were going to have a conversation about it yesterday, but I might as well talk about it now about why the predominant amount of athletes that I work with are all female. And I, I have a, obviously I have a strong passion for it because one of the things that I just, I don't like the most is seeing kids and a lot of times it's female soccer players, unfortunately, having ACL injuries or having injuries that completely limit or restrict or have them have a negative experience around sports. 
And I, one of the things I want to do is change that narrative in terms of getting girls stronger, getting girls capable. And I mean, I have two young daughters, which just even, you know, makes it even more important for me for them to see other girls doing it and make it a normal thing for girls to get strong, be capable and be resilient against injury. So it's just kind of like my background a little bit in terms of that and why I'm so passionate about it. But it's really disheartening to hear that, you know, people don't know this stuff exists and that it should be a, an option to do that. And then recently I've, I posted that, you know, the weight room isn't just for football players. I posted on my story the other day, the weight room is for everybody. If you're an athlete, if you have a body, if you know, like Nike has, you know, has an old phrase, if you have a body, you're an athlete. And the weight room is for everybody. Strength training is for everybody. It's not just for football players. And I still think we live in this time where only football teams do weight training as a part of their off-season plan. Still, if you go to high schools, other than high schools who are doing like exceptionally well, like there's schools out in the Albany area, I think like one's called Shenandoah, like all of their athletes strength train. And it's normal, Right. And in the school districts around here, only the football players weight train year round. If the other teams do it, they do it in private organizations like ours. They don't do it as a structure of their seasonal thing with their coach, Mm -hmm. which is disheartening, discouraging, and detriment to their athletic development and their potential for injury. I posted some stuff from research yesterday that, even if you did like a bogus strength training program and you did some stuff like leg extensions and squats and something and blah, 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 blah. And even if it wasn't like the best program, there's still a likelihood that you're going to reduce your risk of injury by like 50%. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be the best program in the world. Yes. A better program and better coaching will get you better results. But as long as you do something, something is always going to be better than nothing. And that's my rant on that. (laughs) So I just wanted to get, I was kind of funny because I never heard that background of Tori and, uh, and Tori's been complaining about back pain recently because she's I been had swinging. had to drive it. a little too hard one day. Oh, Tori. Yeah. <laughs> she was hitting bombs on the, on the golf range and she blew her back out. There was never any outside practice outside of golf. Like, I mean, not, I don't know if you need to have that for that sport. You think Tiger Woods? Carry, strength well, training? Yeah, carry your bag a, a lot. Right? I got a cart. What are you talking well, about? Well, if you play, don't you have to carry it? No, nah, not in high school. Only, oh, in the really? pros. Only in the pros. Oh, for some reason. And they don't carry it anyway. Somebody else carries it for them. Yeah, they got caddies. I and mean, the like pros. the only thing was like hit a hundred balls a day. Like that was, that was the practice. Right. But well, wouldn't you think that Tiger Woods does oh, strength for training? for sure. Yeah. For sure. So like if, if Tiger Woods is strength training and he's trying to be the best at the world at something or whoever's the best, who's good now? I don't even know who's good. DJ Dustin Johnson. Yeah. So I mean, those guys and those people, those women, if they're going to try to be good at something, they're not just going and hitting golf balls. Like they're doing other stuff. If, if you're LeBron James or if you're any famous basketball player, famous football player, famous tennis, famous soccer, famous, you name the sport or activity. Even if you're a dancer, like even if you're Beyonce, even if you're whoever and you're outperforming, you better be, you should be doing some strength training. Like you don't, you're not able to, sing and dance and drop it and squat and do this without being physically capable to be able to do that. You're not going to just go out like Jennifer Aniston probably strength trains. You know, your girl Chelsea Handler does cause you follow her trainer on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. She just posted something. Yeah. Like and they do like, and she does crazy stuff. Like she can do a pistol. Like, Oh, she can. Yeah. He had some other actress on there too. She was doing like crazy. Like she was doing like weighted pistols. I'm going to have to look. Like pistol squat, if you don't know, is like a single leg squat. And they were going like all the way down. And one of the, the, the actors he had, he's a trainer of you know famous people. She was doing like a full pistol squat with weight, like a weighted vest on. It was like pretty wild. Like what people <laughs> are doing. It? I can't think of who I have yeah. to look on his Instagram. The trainer's Ben Bruno. Yeah, the trainer's Ben Bruno. But he trains Chelsea Handler. He trains like a lot of funny people too. And he he's a clown in, a, in his own right because he'll he'll just film her and then like, be a peanut gallery until she just swears at him (laughs) because she's, she's like, why are you being so annoying? And it's just really funny, but all these people are doing strength training. And we, for some reason as young athletes and people in general think that we're just going to be able to do it just by being able to do it. And I don't know. 
Why, why do you think that is? Like, why do you think like young girls, especially because like, I have had this conversation with some of Sam coaches lacrosse at one of the local high schools um, about her, their athletes say, stating some of the things I want to weight train, but I don't want to get bulky. I want to do this, but I don't want to mm-hmm. do this. You know, like what is, you know, I guess what would you think if you were to get in the mind of somebody, like what might be the biggest hesitation? A celebratory first. What would be their biggest hesitation or like why people don't do stuff? Like, why wouldn't you do something that you knew was going to make you feel better, that you knew was going to make you better at your sport, and was and you knew was going to prevent you from getting hurt so you can enjoy your sport better? Do they know they're capable of it? Why wouldn't you be capable? Well, I mean, I think that's, like, one of the things that people doubt the most. Like, they doubt the most about themselves. Yeah. Sorry, just texted me about capability. I think capability is a big one. So how do you, how do you express that? To them, how do you educate them on that topic that they, that they are capable of what? Capable of lifting weights? Well, I think that you see the other end more than you, like the way you put your content out is a little bit different. People get to see what's happening. They don't just get to see the finished product. Mm -hmm. They don't just get to see somebody running faster on the field or being able to do a play better than they can. They get to see what's happening. So it doesn't look as intimidating. But I think understanding that you're not going to come in and do what everybody else is doing right away. Mm-hmm. Like maybe you don't like the idea that you can't hang with everybody else, but you, mm-hmm. your body's going to like the idea. Like you're going to be reassured that you'll get there, but you don't have to start there. Like, I'm not going to go in and be like, Sam, I, I know that it's a little intimidating that I'm not going to like be able to hang quote unquote but I'm still hanging because I'm still going to get to a similar place for myself. But what is the, I think what is the, when it comes to training, is your goal to hang with Sam or is your goal to better yourself? No, the goal is to better yourself, but I mean, society plays a role in so much. For sure. So I think it's, it's twofold. Then like you're, you're wrongly comparing yourself to other people, Mm -hmm. right? Because we have this perception that we have to do this because Sam is doing it or because Anthony's doing it or because name the athlete or person is doing it. And then we have this other kind of thing where we, we don't know if we're, we're even capable of doing it. Um, so I think like, what are we, the education part I think for me is huge. I think everybody is capable of anything, right? I think that's where, where my mindset is because I believe in that growth, that growth mindset and not a fixed mindset. Growth mindset states that, Hey, if you're going to willing to put in the work and you're going to do something like you can do anything, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that's where, where I live in my mind. So if I'm going to, if I want to get better at something like Sam was talking about, you know, off air, like she wants to get better at muscle ups or handstands, blah, 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 blah. And we've talked about this on, on air before. Like if you want to get better at pull-ups, double unders, other skills, then you're not, you're not genetically um, granted those skills you have to earn them and you have to earn them through hard work. And just like anything else, like you're not going to be capable of doing the things that, you know, high skills or other movements that people have been working on for eight months and you come in as your first day. And I think that's important to do that. You're not comparing your chapter one to somebody else's chapter 20 mm-hmm. or your you know chapter, whatever to somebody else's chapter. So I think it's important to, to recognize that and know that you know that you are capable of anything if you're willing to, to put a little work into it and knowing like what to do and how to do it. I think a lot of the younger girls, the high school girls, like they brought up the focus training, Oh, the spot training, the spot training, wanting to not get big arms, but to get, they want to have thigh gaps gaps and tone stomach. Yeah. Yeah. And informing them, on how to train and just to be healthy and, and to grow. And I think that's big too. But it's not sexy. The, the, the way to get better at something is not sexy. Like you have to do, it's monotonous, right? And people want in general, like everyone wants a quick fix. I want to have surgery and make my knee feel better. I don't want to do knee rehab for a year and maybe it gets better. Maybe it doesn't. If I want to have knee surgery, I get my knee better right now. I don't want to do this work to make my shins feel better. I don't want to stop doing what I'm doing and my knee hurts. I'm just going to go to a doctor. I'm going to ice it and take two Advil and it's going to kind of go away for a little bit, but it doesn't really go away. You're just, it's essentially like having the check engine light on in your car and you put 
a towel over it. Ignore it. Check engine light's still there. You just covered it up for a little while, right? And your engine's going to blow up eventually. The same thing's going to happen to your knee or your shins or whatever. If you have shin splints for a long period of time and you don't address it, they turn into stress fractures. And stress fractures turn into more serious injuries and they might never get better. So just things to think about as you're going through the process and thinking like, oh, I'm not capable of this. I'm not, I can't do this. And then getting the education, that's what places like us exist for, for one. Um, and then being able to have a consciousness on social media, like who you're actually looking to. And if you need help, obviously reach out to somebody who you trust and value their opinion. Like, hey, I saw this on Instagram. Is this real or is this not real? Um, so, yeah. I think what, other than like maybe not knowing what to do or how to do it, what other hesitations do you think people might have? Maybe just going to the gym in general, Mm -hmm. just confidence. Yeah. So there was, there was a a very interesting thing I heard on, on Instagram today from Stu. I I was talking to him and he talked about three different types of people, which is really interesting way to, to, to segment people into different boxes and we, people, we love to do this all the time. Sociologically put people into these different categories to make it easier to understand. So he talked about one type of person, like as an autonomous person, whether it's a fitness person, a business owner, employee, whatever. So an autonomous person is going to do the thing regardless. So you're going to work out. You don't need any motive outside motivation. You don't need anything. You're going to do the thing. Okay. And he said it was like a middle ground where just going somewhere and having eyes on you, makes you do it. So you can tell like people in the gym, they come to the gym, not because they want to get coached up, but because they want to be around other people. Because even though people aren't directly looking at them, it feels like that. If you think about a time that you're in the gym, Sam or myself, and like you're working out by yourself and then somebody comes in, do you go a little harder? Like if I walked in, like if you were working out by yourself and I walked in, would you kind of like inherently like, yeah, if just, I'm like, you would go a little bit harder <laughs> just because on the bike, I'd be like, Oh, and I gotta pick it up. <laughs> right. Just because somebody is there and I, even though I might not be paying attention to the, the idea that I might take a look over and see what you're doing is incentive enough for you to go a little I bit harder. I ask people about that when I walk around with the camera. I'm yeah. Like, do you pick what it I up? thought about the yeah. camera. So those people are there. An extra rep. We I'm talked like, about. Yeah, I asked, I went around. I'm like, do you guys do an extra rep if I walk by with the camera and you're almost done? I got a few people. Yeah. I do it because I know you never get good pictures of me. So I usually do like three to four extra reps. You don't work <laughs> out ever when I'm here anymore. I'm like, Tor, I was like, I'm Murph. I was like, man, I should do extra pull-ups. Every time I, she, I do like, I'm coming down the bar every time when she's coming over to take a picture. Worst spot that you guys could ever pick yeah. from Earth, right in front of the light. And so, yeah. So there's that middle ground person who needs just the eyeballs or the idea of the eyeballs being around. So that's the person who goes to Planet Fitness and they, they're there. And, you know, for me, sometimes it's, it's enough for me to film it. That I know that I might post it on social media. That's enough that. for me yeah. to make it a little bit harder for me when I'm by myself and I need a little extra boost. And the third one is somebody who needs all of it. Like they need the the hand holding, they need the person to tell them exactly what to do, they need the structure, they need all of it. So you have the the, the both ends of the spectrum. You have the person who doesn't need anything, and the person that needs everything, and the person that's in the middle. And in different moments, we need we're a little bit of all of them. Mm-hmm. And I think you're gonna find that with kids. You find that with students in school, like kids who are are very self driven. You find kids who are kind of in the middle. They just need someone there to kind of like look over their shoulder every once in a while. And then you have kids who need all the handholding in the world. And I think if you think of people, I think that's a good starting point for a lot of folks because we, we all fall, obviously everything's a spectrum and we always fall on different levels of different things. But if we look at athletes, how we were just talking about, there's some people who, who come here, Mm -hmm. right? There's young athletes who come here and who are very autonomous and who would do it on their own. If I wasn't here, they would just go to the planet fitness and do it on their own. And some people who need me to like walk them through the whole process because they would struggle to do that on their own. And I think figuring out which type of person you are and then if you are that type of person who needs somebody to look over your shoulder or needs somebody to give you the plan and walk you through the plan, then find somebody who will help you through that process. And don't just sit there and be like, well, I don't know what to do and then I'm just going to do nothing. So I think that's an important kind of discerning factor and trying to figure out what type of person you are in that, in that regard. Mm -hmm. Would you agree with those three? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I thought it was a pretty good 
analogy. And, and like and you said, you can relate to everyone at different times. Yeah. In different parts of your life too. It doesn't have to be yeah. an exercise. Like maybe everything when it comes to business or it comes to this or it comes to that, you you're falling to a different spectrum of like what you need help with or what you need somebody to give you a little boost for. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was a, a great, a great way to look at it. I was thinking though that like when I run, if I run in my neighborhood, like I pick up the pace and the posture a little bit. If a neighbor comes out yeah. that I know. Yeah. Like if Kim walked out of her door, you're like, oh. Yeah. Well, I would stop and talk to her, but anybody uh, else, yeah. Well, that's the opposite effect then. <laughs> I just stop <laughs> exercising all together. Well, I'm going to have probably an hour conversation if she comes out. You so can be like, I'll be right back. Down. Yeah. I'm going to do another lap. loop. Another loop. Yeah, so I, I just thought it was, a, uh, again, a very interesting kind of concept on it in terms of that. And then the other thing that comes up a lot, I mean, obviously nutrition comes up all the time in terms of what you're eating, how you're doing, yada, yada, yada. And one of the things that I think in our community that I'm going to probably reintroduce is EC's like 800 gram challenge. And I loved how she used it as a, springboard to more advanced nutritional work. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a great starting point for a lot of people because just many people in general don't eat a lot of fruits and vegetables. And one yeah. of the kids today, I, and a, a girl was eating Doritos at like nine 30. She had a big bag of Doritos and she's a track athlete. She's a pretty good athlete. And I was like, yo, you eating Doritos at 9am. She's like, yeah, you want some? I was like, nah, <laughs> I don't really want Doritos. And then one of the kids goes, Oh, you just eat salad for breakfast. I was like, no, and then I don't eat, I was like, I don't really eat salad ever. What do you mean you don't eat salad? Like I could, because I'm a healthy person, like it was assumed that's all I eat is salad all the time. Mm -hmm. And I think the idea of like what's healthy and what's not, just like we talked about with uh, exercise, you know, like what we should be doing, what we shouldn't be doing and how much of this is a real thing and how the education part of it, I think because, because I'm in, in a high school environment so frequently, and I talk to a lot of high school kids, like the misinformation that they receive is most of the misinformation you have as an adult. So think about like things that people have told you and like, where did that come from? You know, we I had this conversation with, with Steph yesterday about her feet and she was like clenching her feet. Her and she's like, why do I do that? And I was like, I don't know. Somebody, maybe a soccer coach told you that when you were in high school and you just always do it. Or somebody taught you how to do something a certain way and that's just... You did it and now you do it all the time. So I think we, we get these ideas that somebody puts into your head, like, oh, you're muscular, you're big, you're, you're big bone, you know, like whatever. They introduce these ideas. And we talked about it with Jeff a little bit about how sociological issues are put into our brain really young about like how fat people behave or how skinny people behave or how blah, 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 blah. Um, the same thing happens for our own education around nutrition, around fitness around like we look at our parents what are they doing mm -hmm. and then what are the other people who I respect and trust and around me yeah. like is my favorite teacher a vegan then I'm going to be a vegan too like that when there was a time when I was a vegan in New York City and three of my track athletes did it because I was doing it just because like I didn't tell them to do it I didn't do any I didn't like they asked me about it a couple times and then they did it mm -hmm. and then I you know then I would help them do it right but I, you know, because they were going to do it regardless of, of, of me telling them not to or whatever, but they wanted to do it because I was doing it because I was somebody that they trust and looked up to. So just understanding that the things that we do and things that we have in our heads are ingrained from a long time ago. And in order to get rid of them, we have to understand why they're there, why they may not be correct. And then what might be the next course of action? Jory's deep in thought right now. No, I was just thinking. Is there anything that sure. you can think I was of? thinking the ice and Advil thing for me. Yeah, that was pretty. I mean, that was pretty like in your brain. Yeah. Oh, it always was. Like, do you I still walked, do it? No, no, I walked out of basketball practice anytime something hurt. Ice it, take two Advil, you'll be fine. Mm -hmm. Like th that exact sentence because that's what he did. I mean, he's got a plethora of issues now, and right. I don't want that. Yeah, and ice isn't even ice has been debunked as even like helpful. Like it only does what you said it did in, re in PT. Mm -hmm. it numbs, numbs you numbs, so yeah. it makes you not feel the pain so you think you're getting better mm -hmm. like oh i left pt I, I don't feel the pain anymore yeah because your knee's numb for having ice on it for 20 minutes <laughs> yeah. and then you get home and and then it wears off you're like oh my knee pain's back it must be something i did no, i didn't i would not continue i got into the advil a little bit more but i haven't in like three years 
Yeah. I mean, there was a point in time, I've done it recently for a couple of migraines, but there was a point in time where I hadn't taken any painkillers for probably like 10 years. Really? Yeah. I don't do pain. I don't do anything. I got a couple of years before my 10 year chip. Yeah. <laughs> my 10 year chip. You're not even 10 years old yet. <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't taking it about then. Uh, anything else that sticks to you from like a young age? Medicine. medicine. My mom being a nurse. Yeah. Same thing. That was uh, a quick fix. Quick fix. With sports, I grew up with my uncles and it was always just like more reps, more reps. It was never let's work on like yeah. getting stronger. Right. It was all just, we would go kick a soccer ball around for hours, right? throw a baseball around for hours. I couldn't it go inside until I had stronger. one good shot. Same. Yeah. Actually I had to get three shots in a row, whether it was golf or basketball. I was, I could not go inside. I still do that today. Like to this day, if I'm at the range, I will go down into where you're not supposed to and get balls back. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> uh -huh. In basketball, I have to make three in a row from a three point line before I can go inside. Yeah. Very interesting. I see. I never had, like I used to play basketball in my driveway a lot, but I never had, my mother never really paid attention. I don't think. Um, I didn't know. Yeah. Like I never had somebody who was there trying to, I, I mean, I, I had a pretty fortunate childhood high school experience. I don't know if I've talked about it on the podcast before, but when I had went into high school, we had a personal, one of the, the coaches there, a phys ed teachers, knew a personal trainer who had come to the gym and he taught us how to do everything from like ninth grade on. So when I was in, again, uh, being a football player and having access to the weight room and having somebody there help the football team do it. Although only like eight kids utilized it. There was only like eight to 10 of us and not all of us did it full time. There might've been like six of us and we learned how to bench press. We learned how to squat. I learned how to power clean and I'm talking learn how to power clean in like the nineties, you know, learned how to do jerks and all the Olympic lifts that we do in CrossFit. So when I first went to CrossFit in what year was that? Probably 2000. It might've been 2010 when I first stepped foot in the CrossFit gym. I can already power clean more than everybody in the gym. And they were like, who's this guy? Like they thought I was like some sort of superhuman <laughs> because like they had just, because you know, a lot of times people's first introduction to the barbell is stepping into a, a training gym. So at the time, like Olympic lifts were so new, you know, so new to people. And I was already head and shoulders above everybody because I was, I had already done power cleans for like six to eight years. I did it in high school. I did it in college because college football, again, did strength training. So by the time I ended up stepping in foot into a CrossFit gym, I already knew how to do everything. The only thing I couldn't really do was like pull-ups and the more advanced gymnastics work, but it came pretty quick. Like we used to jump rope in college all the time. Like we had a test in our football program that we had to jump rope, max jump rope in two minutes. I used to crush that test. But so I've, all, I've done like all those things that would would be like a really good prerequisites to really be good at CrossFit. You know, I just found it really late in life. Um, but I did all those things. I, I squatted, I deadlifted, I, I power cleaned, we never snatched, but you know, just having exposure to that stuff and not really asking questions, I guess, and not really questioning. I just knew that if you wanted to get the people who I was around, I guess, like, like we were talking about before, the people who you trusted and the people you respected, you know, like my football coaches would be like, Hey, you need to get stronger. You need to do this. Like if you want to do this, that, and the other thing, you need to do this, that, and the other. And I listened and I was like, all right, I'm going to go bench. I'm going to go lift. I'm going to be stronger. And then when you get on the field the next year and you're like, Oh, I'm like pushing people around now. This is kind of nice. So then it just like continues. Like we talked about with James clear, like you do the action, then you have results and you're like, Oh, I'm going to keep doing that thing that gave me these results and made it easier for me. And then that I think opened the door for me because I'm obviously not a super big person. Right. And having the capability to play college football at a pretty high level, it's not because of my genetic athletic prowess. It's because I worked really hard in the weight room and I was able to make myself a, you know, from a mediocre athlete to a pretty good athlete based off of my strength training abilities and also limited me from being injured ever. Like I don't remember a time that I was ever injured. There was one time in college that 
I got injured, but it wasn't because of anything other than I fell and my arm was extended and one of my, my teammates fell on top of me and my elbow kind of went a funny way. But it didn't restrict me from playing. I just had to wear a cast. I was like RoboCop. I had like, a, <laughs> like, an arm, like my arm was stuck at 90 degrees my whole senior year. Uh. Yeah. But strength training allowed me to do all that kind of stuff. All right. So uh, if, if you got anything out of this, it's that, you know, try to utilize the time that you have to do something that's beneficial for you. And I think that we often get lost in overthinking things and wondering what other people might think about us or how uncapable we might be. But you can't find out unless you give it a try, right? What would you tell somebody, Tori? Tori hasn't pulled the trigger yet. She's dipped her toe in a couple times to the fitness realm. So what would you tell yourself to get motivated and why you might or should or do whatever to maybe get a little bit more strength training in your life? I'd probably just repeat what I said before that if because of society, if you're looking at other people who have been doing it forever and you quote unquote think you can't hang, it's a good thing. You'll get there mm-hmm. and you can't hang. I can't hang with Sam. You can Even hang. if I do it every day though, I'm like you said, I'm not going to look like Sam. I'm not going to lift like Sam, but I'm going to live to my fullest potential. So exactly. everybody's different. That's all that matters. Yeah. What would you, what would you say to somebody who feels uncapable or nervous that they can't, they're not going to be able to hang or maybe that they don't know what to do or how to do it or whatever. You won't know unless you try and what's there to lose besides just getting better, you know, make yourself better. You have to focus on the actual work than the image. Like, I think you have to separate. Like we had, Sam said we had a member today that did strict pull-ups. Oh my God. She's been coming here for six months or not even No, It's it's her year anniversary in like a day or two. Mm -hmm. Like, and I think she's gotten to the point where she's like, I'm going to focus on that stuff and the actual work rather than like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't look like Kendall Jenner. Yeah. And she just she's keeps showing up. Yeah. She shows up every day, works hard, and good things happen. Yeah. Like Kendall Jenner is a supermodel. Yeah. She's the, I like a half Kardashian. Joking. I'm just joking. But I think Tori, Tori hit it on the head, you know, just like, like Sam did too. But you got to work to your, to achieve your fullest potential. Right. And that's what we talk about when we're talking about helping you find your prime, living to your potential and maximizing your potential. And you do that through some strength training, some good, healthy nutrition, getting outside, going for walks, enjoying nature and swinging a golf club. That's where I'm going now. That's where Tori's going right (laughs) now. All right. Thanks for hanging out and we'll talk to you next time. Later. All right, all right, all right. Thanks again for listening to another episode of the Prime Podcast, where we try to bring you all the information to help you find your Prime. If you would be so kind and generous to take a few minutes to leave us a little five-star review and some feedback in the comment section, we would greatly, greatly appreciate it. In addition, if you want to follow us on social media, we are at Prime Movement without any vowels mvmnt my handle personally is at a mercurio m-u-c-u-r-i-o drop us a line give us some topics to talk about and just drop a question learn some information that'll continue to help you find your prime have a great day. said i'm at my prime